Property Headlines. The Dubai Land Department has issued a new set of rules governing how brokers can sell overseas properties in the Emirates. Rira representatives said the new rules were intended to protect residents who were interested in making real estate investments outside of the country. The new rules require a broker selling properties outside the UAE to gain a permit for marketing them here in Dubai. UAE-based investors are seeing significant savings as they see opportunities in the London property market in the lead-up to Brexit. That's from the annual Ultra Prime Barometer report, which cited currency shifts as driving a fresh wave of property buyers based here in the Middle East targeting London real estate. The report revealed that Ultra Prime uh, residential property in Mayfair, for instance, has dropped 10.6% since 2015. Understanding Property on Drive Live. Ludmilla Yamalava is here. She's the managing partner at HPL Yamalava and Plethia Legal Consultants. Nice to see you in Ludmilla. It's good to be back here. Thank you so much for coming in. So before we get to the text line, already text coming through for you to answer. This is actually big news. You walked in today and you said, listen, guys, I know we plan to talk about something completely different, but I've just found out uh, what's going to happen to property when VAT or value added tax comes into effect here in the UAE. So just tell us what you found out. Is it going to affect us if we sell our properties here? Sure. Well, first of all, we had a few questions at last week's show regarding the particular issue. And we, too, in our practice have seen and have heard a lot of concerns from clients worrying that once VAT is introduced, which at this point is um, um, is expected to be introduced next year, 2018, that somehow their properties will be subject to additional uh, 5%, which is going to be the VAT tax, at least uh, so uh, as far as we know at this point, in addition to the 4% that's already be- being paid to the land department. So there have been a lot of people that are concerned and because, for, because of this additional so-called fee or tax, however you want to call it, and there are four even planning to sell their properties prior to the introduction of VAT on that ground. Mm. Now, there were, there were a number of questions and also speculations last week regarding this issue. And as I said, the, the law on how the VAT is going to apply specifically has not yet been published, but there have been a number of announcements uh, which are credible. Uh, but yet are not comprehensive yet at this point. Uh, but uh, from what we've seen so far, the issue of, of properties and whether they will be subject to VAT tax has not been addressed. Well, I met with um, someone just earlier today from an official from the central bank uh, that um, clarified, at least from the banking perspective, as to how VAT will work. And according to, to this representative, it will not apply to properties. Uh, now, and there are two... I guess there are two, two arguments to it. One is the VAT will only apply to um, to businesses uh, that are in the in the that have the activity of doing that particular business. So, for example, if you are selling cars, then yes, you will have to pay VAT. Um, if, however, you're selling your own car, let's say on Dubizel or privately, because you're not in the business of of um, selling cars, you will not be subject. Similarly, if you take that same analogy to selling property, whether you own that property as an individual individual or in corp- corporate capacity, it is a property that it belongs to you. It's your asset and therefore, and you're not in the business of selling properties. That's not your primary business. Uh, therefore, you will not be subject to that tax. Now, by extrapolation, we also discussed the issue, for example, of developers. So developers obviously are in the business of selling properties and whether somehow they would, um, uh, they would uh, be subject to different rules because of it. And the representations from 
um, this um, from this official from the bank said that no, because already the property is already subject to a tax, which is the land department registration fee of four percent. So therefore, at that point, developers will not be subject to additional five percent. However, those de- developers, for example, who offer management services or maintenance services for the properties which they manage, those businesses will be subject to VAT. So in short, if you own property, um, be it residential or commercial, or whether you own that property as an individual or in a corporate capacity, uh, those properties will not be subject to the additional uh, 5% VAT tax besides the regular 4% which is paid to the land department at this point. Okay, so voilà. if Alex says, I'm going to sell you my rather nice flat and I'm going to give you a really good price because you're a nice person, she's not going to pay an extra 5%. No. Well, that's but if she does ask for it, come talk to me. Okay, thank you very much. <laughs> Legal advice, I like that. But we don't know if it's 5% yet, do we? That's still to be well, confirmed. Well, y- well, yes. Everything we're talking about right now, it's, it has to be heavily caveated because until the law is actually introduced in print and those specifics are addressed in print, we need to be cautious. There have been representations that talked about 5%, so we know it's not going to be, at least so far, it's, it has not been 10, it has not been 7, but 5% figure has been circulated. But until we see it in print, I'd be cautious um, and to, to speculate that will be the case. All right, so there you go. There's your VAT uh, update. It will not be applied to personal property. Even if you own a number of properties, it will not be applied, uh, as uh, according to what uh, Ludmilla has heard today. So when we come back, we'll go straight to the text line and phone lines. Please call in right now, 423-1010. Phone lines are open to you to ask Ludmilla whatever you would like to about property here in the UAE. So if you've got something on your mind, you don't know where you stand in terms of the law here, please just drop us a quick uh, line and uh, you will get in touch directly with Ludmilla. Lots of texts coming in as well. So that's what we'll do next. This is Drive Live with Tim Elliott and Alex Hershey. On Dubai I 103.8. Ludmilla Yamalava is here from uh, HBL Yamalava and Plethgut Legal Consultants to answer your questions this hour. Understanding Property on Drive Live. And if you missed it, Ludmilla was just updating us there, something she'd heard today, so this is really new, uh, that uh, if you are selling property here in the UAE, that VAT will not be applied. Unless you are in the business of selling property, then VAT will be applied. But if it's just your personal property, then no. That's the bottom line. Okay. So, Ludmilla, let's just go straight into the text line now to answer questions that are coming in. This uh, text has no name, but first one into us today. Uh, Someone says, we won a court case against a developer. They appealed, but we won the appeal. Our lawyer is saying that the court is now trying to locate the assets of the developer in order to enforce this court decision. This has been going on for a month now. How long does it take the court to locate these assets on average? And what happens if they can't locate them in the end? Okay, so there are two questions. One is how long it takes, and two, what happens if there's nothing in the in the pot at the end. Mm. With regards to how long it takes on average, there's absolutely no one, uh, one answer, just because it all depends from the developer to developer. It may be that this particular developer does not have any assets. It may be that the assets a developer has need to be liquidated, and it may be that the assets uh, that they have actually, or the liabilities exceed the value of the assets. Uh, so there's so many different scenarios, and that 
that's before and that's after uh, you've actually managed to locate those assets. So, and locating the assets is actually a very challenging task because how would you know what that particular company uh, have unless the company voluntarily discloses that information? Which in the UAE right now, in the legal system here, we don't have what's called, for example, in the U.S. discovery, where the other party is required to provide that information. Here, they're not required. So, you as the claimant basically need to ask the court to in the to uh, to request information from the various authorities who may have information about that particular party with regards to their assets. So, for example, what would happen as part of the enforcement, the court would, but it's the claimant that has to ask the court to do this. Uh, so, you as a claimant would ask the court, please send request letters, for example, to the land department, uh, to RTA, to various banks, and you need to be very specific which banks you want the court to uh, to request information from. So, if and you don't request from every single bank, and they may be holding their money in one of those banks you don't request, you'll never know about that money. Correct. Absolutely okay. right. Um, so, and the other party, is, again, does not have the obligation to tell you where they hold their assets. So, the burden is on you. So, therefore, it really can. A month, in fact, is not very long. We've seen enforcement can be can last for, for, for many years. And um, so, but usually these are the assets or these are the authorities that you would be asking from. It's the, the land department, uh, RTA, various, but then company registration or free zones or other economic de- economic department because that company may have other corporate interests or companies that they hold in various free zones. So, so due diligence on the company is very important. And in fact, that's really, that should always be one of the first steps in deciding uh, to pursue a case in court is to understand whether that particular developer or the particular company might have any assets to their name to begin with because it's not uncommon here at all to have court judgments which ultimately cannot be um, cannot be uh, re- recovered on just because the other side does not have assets or because the chasing of the assets t- is taking such a long time uh, and by the time you actually get to those assets they might have already been liquidated for other purposes. So there's nothing so you can do if you find out that party or the developer in this case has no assets that's it that's the end of the story. Well correct yeah, so ultimately, if you find out they have no assets, then there is nothing you can do. But uh, since it's a developer, the reality is more that they may have some assets. But so, for example, what often happens with developers, yes, they have a building, for example, which they built, uh, but the units, the individual units in that building have already been sold off. So the developer's interest in that project could be very minimal, if at all. But yet the perception of a lot of investors is, well, we know they own that building, but in fact, legally, they may not own that building. Uh, equally, what could happen is that a building building, for example, could have a mortgage on it or whatever properties the, the developer may have may have either may, may be subject to pro, uh, to mortgage loans or are there lawsuits and so or it could be, for example, in liquidation, which often happens. So, for example, if the project is in liquidation, which is happening to many different projects today, what the court will do is it will pull, put everything on hold, uh, all the creditors claims on hold until the court assesses uh, what those um, the value of the assets and the value value of the claims and then we'll decide how to divvy up the that will actually liquidate the asset or uh, auction off the asset and then decide how to divvy up the proceeds from the sale amongst the claimants. It's not always what you want to hear but there you go now you know exactly how long it may take and what you can or cannot do if there are no assets. Correct and you need to be prepared that at the end that's that's, um, to address the second part of the question that at the end of the day it may be the developer either does not have any assets or the liabilities exceed the assets so there may not be any money to cover the judgment. Definitely not. That's what you harsh, want to hear. though, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Um, I tell you what, we'll come to this text after. Let's let you think about this for a few moments. 
uh, Ludmilla. Can owners' associations enforce legal action against owners? I think I know what the answer is going to be, but there is more here. If an owner doesn't pay service charges, is it looking to change soon? We'll get an update on that in a few moments' time. I know we need to go to the news in a couple of seconds, but that's a question. Uh, if you do have a question for Ludmilla, and it is of a legal nature, a legal real estate property-related nature, it's your free advice chance this afternoon on Understanding Property. 4001 is the text number. You can text for free via the app or call us on 423-1010. No matter your preferred communication, stay in touch with Drive Live only on Dubai Eye. 103.8. Afternoon, it is uh, 5.38 now on Drive Live. Tim and Alex here with you. Let us know if there are any issues on the roads. 4001 will continue with Understanding Property in just a moment. It is your legal hour up until 6 o'clock tonight to text in any kind of legal issues to do with property here in the UAE and leg- uh, you'll get legal advice here from Ludmilla who is in studio with us right now. So please send in your text 4001 but the best way to get in touch is on the phones Zero four four two three ten ten. Right now, let's cross to Emma Dodds at the Dubai Duty Free Tennis Championships for a quick update. Live update. Broadcasting live from the Dubai Duty Free Tennis Championships 2017, celebrating 25 years of top tennis action. And that's the thing today. The men's tournament is 25 years old. Which Emma Dodds is uh, older than you are? <laughs> well, I'd love to agree with you there, Tim, but thanks very much. <laughs> Flashy will get you everywhere. <laughs> Look, I tell you what, let's start. It all kicked off at 2 o'clock this afternoon. What have you been watching? Yeah, Philip Kohlschreiber of Germany, who's, believe it or not, here for his 16th time. He's 33 years of age. He's been coming here for a long time now, Philip Kohlschreiber. He was up against Gilles Muller of Luxembourg, and it was no problem at all for Kohlschreiber. He won that one 6-4-7-6, so he's safely through to the second round, and he did it in quick-fire time as well. At the moment, we're watching Roberto Batust Agut of Spain. He's on court, uh, on centre court against Karen Kashinov, who is a 20-year-old up-and-coming, definite star of the future, and it's the experience Batistuta Agut though who is in control of this one. He took the first set 6-1. I have to say it is Kashinov's first appearance here in Dubai uh, and he didn't fare very well in that first set. He has managed to pull himself together though in the second. It's six games all at the moment and we're currently in a tiebreaker with Batista Agut leading five points to three. So if Batista Agut wins this tiebreaker, he will win the match. But uh, as I say, Kashinov is, is hanging in there in this second set. So we'll watch with interest how it unfolds. And then later on, as you heard in the news about five minutes ago, Roger Federer on the back of that 18th Grand Slam title, the Australian Open Championship. He is in action against Benoit Paire of France. Uh, so, yeah, very much everyone up here looking forward to seeing Roger Federer in action as things stand as well actually we've got the world number one singles player playing doubles Andy Murray is in action against the British number two Dan Evans who's playing with Jules Muller who I just mentioned lost his singles match to Philip Kohlschreiber earlier and uh, Dan Evans has already broken Andy Murray and Nenad Zimovic who are playing them on court number one Evans and Muller leading by two games to love in the opening set that match just five minutes old it's only just started over on court number one so lots going on up here Tim and plenty for the spectators to get their teeth into Dodsey, good to talk to you. Day one of the second week of the Dubai Duty Free Tennis Championships. More from uh, Emma a little bit later on here on Dubai. For now, thank you. Thank you. Live update. Broadcasting live from the Dubai Duty Free Tennis Championships 2017. Celebrating 25 years of top tennis action. Ludmilla Yamalavra is here in studio with us. Let's get straight back into property. 
Understanding property on Drive Live. Ludmilla, let's just jump straight back into the text line uh, to answer a few questions here. Lots going on. Uh, here is one that came in just before the news. Uh, let's go straight to that. It is from Gwen Hale who says, Hey guys, can owners associations enforce legal action against owners not paying their service charges? If not, will this change anytime soon? No, owners association cannot yet pursue legal actions against uh, other owners or defaulting owners, and and I'll explain that uh, the reason for that shortly. And then with regards to when this will change soon, yet to be determined. Now, why that is the case is that right now there is a law that allows owner association to pursue defaulting owners and other parties that may be involved. Um, however, as of today, uh, there is um, the owners associations are not yet licensed as legal entities, allowing them to bring a court case, for example, against a particular uh, owner or a particular party. So for now, effectively, even though there are homeowner associations that are involved, and in some developments they are more active than in others, uh, but really they are involved vis-a-vis uh, developers, and it's really the developers right now that have the, the contracting par- par- uh, power uh, or legal uh, entity to uh, to basically pursue actions, but not owner associations. Now, when that's going to change, don't know. Only because the law that allows owner association to do this has been in effect for quite a long time. Uh, but what we're waiting for in, uh, is for the uh, authorities to start licensing owner associations, giving them the legal uh, authority to actually exist as a legal entity and therefore pursue actions in their own right. Uh, but when that will happen, just remains to be seen. Tim? Let me ask you, let me just reiterate a couple of VAT things very quickly. Marina texted in, uh, called in actually earlier on, and Umang, I think, missed uh, the start of the program uh, and says, do you have any views if that will be applicable on residential home purchases? If we buy under construction property, handover is after 2018. We've clarified that that's not going to apply as far as we're aware at the moment. But here's a question from Marina. Uh, on that, you've classified that with regards to purchase and sale of property, uh, it won't be the case. But is there a chance that VAT could apply on tenants? I guess uh, no. But any thoughts on that? Um, I don't think so, no, uh, because remember, tenants are already paying, for example, what's called the housing fee. So yeah. the idea here is to... Is to, is to we, we, you know, I guess we're not really in favor of double taxation, if you will. So if tenants are already subject to a housing fee, which is 5%. So if you want to think of that as, f- as a form of tax, I do not think that the authorities right now have um, plans to double that effectively by, introdu- by making tenants subject to VAT. So no. And it's the same for the property developers as well. Even though they're in the business of selling property, VAT won't apply to them because they've already got a certain tax and that's the transfer fees. Is that correct? Correct, yes. And also just for clarification purposes, because one of the listeners uh, uh, sent a message today and also a listener texted it last week suggesting that perhaps residential properties will be exempt but commercial properties will not. That is not the case. Properties as blanket rule properties will not be subject to VAT. Okay, there you go. There's your update. Here is another text. No name on this. Please uh, pop your name on the text so we know who you are. Someone says, we bought two properties off plan in 2008 in a village in Abu Dhabi. Uh, Both were bought with mortgages. Both were due for completion in 2010. Neither of these properties have been completed. One is not even going to go ahead. What comeback do we have? Uh, Because we've been paying the mortgage now for nine years with no property in sight. 
What to do, Ludmilla? Yeah, unfortunately, this is one of those worst-case scenarios, if you will, because there is an ongoing liability to uh, to the bank uh, with regards to the mortgage payments and perhaps even interest payments, and yet there's no property to show for. Uh, so really, the only recourse in a case like that is to pursue a court action, uh, re- ultimately asking the court to cancel the agreement or rescind the agreement on the grounds that the developer had breached, obviously, by failing to, pr- uh, to deliver the property timely, and then request not only refund of the property uh, of the investment uh, for that property but also damages and in this case for example the damages would be the additional uh, mortgage payments that uh, that have been paid to uh, the bank well that's legally what's available to do however just to be um, and to be careful it's there's some developers either do not exist and this is goes back to the previous comment I made it's very important to do the due diligence prior to making the decision to file a court case and spend more money on chasing uh, a particular developer because if they either do not exist or do not have any assets to satisfy their judgment ultimately it may be it may not really help um, you know, having a judgment uh, even if it's a winning one and um, and we which we actually see a lot of uh, these days, in particular certain developers in Abu Dhabi. So uh, just do due diligence. And uh, the other option as well, and it has not been very, very successful, unfortunately, is just to negotiate with the banks directly. And that is to ask for some sort of, a, a, um, I guess, a grace period or some kind of a discount on the grounds that the property is not ready. But we have not seen much cooperation coming from the banks, especially if they've actually paid to the developer. So it's a complicated uh, scenario. But the really, if, if you think the developer is still around, they're trying to negotiate with the developer directly, maybe they can transfer your investment to a different property or consolidate it or provide you with some sort of a discount. So at this point, I would say try to amicably negotiate first, and then if everything else fails, then the court is going to be the only recourse. A couple of options there for you. We'll come back and we'll answer this question from a deal that's just come in. Hey, I have a one-bedroom apartment here in Dubai. How is the annual service charges uh, calculated? Who decides it and what is it approximately? in percentage terms. We'll come back and answer that for you. Uh, It's your last 10 minutes with Ludmilla. She's going to be here until 6 o'clock tonight. So please uh, pop in your texts. Any questions about property matters here in the UAE and you can get in touch with Ludmilla directly. Don't forget our phone lines are open as well. We'd love to hear from you. Come on the show with us. 04-423-1010. More next. We want to hear from you. Find us on Facebook. Tweet at Dubai Eye 1038 FM. Afternoon, it's uh, fast approaching 6 o'clock. It's 5.52 here, Drive Live. Tim and Alex with you. Understanding Property on Drive Live. Ludmilla is here to answer your legal questions as well, so let's just uh, jump straight back into it. It is Understanding Property, so all about uh, real estate here in the UAE. Uh, As promised, Adil, we're coming to your question here now. Adil says, hey guys, I have a one-bedroom apartment here in Dubai. How is the annual service charge calculated? Who decides and what is it approximately? Ludmilla? In short, it's RERA that decides and what is approximately, it really depends from development to development and it's based on Obviously, the quality of the development and the facilities that are offered. We've seen just just as a general range, we've seen uh, anything from I think seven dirhams per square foot up to twenty-five dirhams per square f- f- per square foot. So obviously, if you have a pool and a gym and other kind of facilities, then um, that will increase your service charges per square foot. And uh, you know, the, the fewer facilities you have, and I guess the sort of the lower quality building, the lower will be the service charges. But it's really up to the uh, to RERA. And in fact, every development and every owner association, if you want to see clarity on on what your homeowner association fees are and 
and how they calculate it just go straight to RERA. In RERA, there is, every development is registered with RERA, and they do have breakdown for every one of these, uh, I guess, homeowners association charges as long as they're approved by RERA, and developers are not really allowed to assess any fees unless they have uh, received approval from RERA first. Okay, just so you can check. Let's talk about owners' associations again for uh, a moment. I was under the impression that an owners' association is formed automatically the first person moves in, which I suppose, in theory, is right, isn't it? Correct. In theory, it's that's correct. And in fact, this is how the regulations are drafted as well. However, in practice, in order for for a corporate entity or for an entity other than an individual to be able to take an action, it has to actually be legally uh, in in existence and under the UAE laws. That means you basically need to have a license. So you need to be registered with an authority. And at this point, the owner association did not yet have that license. So in theory, yes. In practice, we have to wait. Here's a question in from Simon and uh, kind of expected one in along these lines because this has made headline news this week. Simon says, I own an apartment in Shoreline on the Palm. Now, uh, the developer has decided to increase the pool and gym fees from 5,000 to 9,000 dirhams per year. Now, I also have an apartment in JBR that has a pool and gym of similar standards and these are included in the service charges. It, it seems like they're actually taken these charges out of the regular service charges and now they're extra on top on in the Shoreline residences. Simon, I suppose, is just asking, is there anything I can do? Well, at this point, not very much. I mean, first of all, with regards to which what is included in, in the homeowner association fees or the service charges, it really uh, depends on the development. Uh, it may be the JBR uh, homeowner association regulations included all those assets or those facilities in their service charges, and then maybe the shoreline uh, does not. I'm not saying that's the case, but the basic that's what you would look at. You would look at the source of, the, I guess, the rules that govern uh, common facilities in, um, in shoreline versus JBR. That one and two with regards to who approves it if uh, presumably Nikhil has received approval from RERA and um, it, on both fronts on the amount that they can charge and also what facilities are included in the service charges. However that RERA is, is there for that very reason so if there are uh, if there are if, if these charges are contested and if there are grievances uh, RERA will will make their representatives available to discuss it. So uh, my recommendation and this is really only recommendation at this point is to approach uh, for maybe for certain representatives of the homeowners association to approach RERA and see if they can somehow mediate this particular dispute. Yeah, Mark writes in and just says, look, I'm in the same position. Um, Does it need to be approved by RERA first before implementing these extra charges? Yes, that for sure is the case. Okay. Let's just go to one more question, shall we? Yeah, there was a a great question actually about uh, rent to own and there's also a few follow-ups to that question and this is is, uh, particularly regarding the scheme that had has every so often appears in, in the news and that's about buying a property on the rent-to-own scheme and so the question is what's the legal status of it for clarification purposes there is no legal status so therefore there we there isn't really a rent-to-own scheme right now that is legally enforceable and therefore protected uh, in the UAE so you have to be very very careful and that means that if you do enter into a contract w- for example to buy over a gradual period of time and pay to the owner uh, gradually it's really only contractually based. It's not going to be registered with the authorities because the only rent-to-own contracts that are being registered with the land department are those um, from the bank, where the bank ultimately gives you money to to buy. Uh, so it's sort of it's, it's it's a form of a lease as well. But private uh, rent-to-own uh, are not yet enforceable. So you have to be very careful. And therefore, also the the listener asked the question about 
what the regulation is regarding uh, commission payments through the brokers for these kind of uh, uh, rent-to-own deals. So you have to be careful because the deal itself is not legally protected. Therefore, your char- your uh, commitment to the real estate agent also is is basically contractually driven and but legally suspect. Do you know what we have uh, about ten seconds left? Left, and there's one question that's just come in. Maybe you can answer it in ten seconds or so. Uh, Ludmilla, here we go. It's from Elizabeth. It's who says we're looking to buy a three-bedroom property in Dubai. Can it be registered in two names? Absolutely, yes. It can be registered in two names. It can also be registered in different fractions. So, for example, it doesn't have to be 50-50. If you want to do a different split, that also is possible. There you go. All right. Thank you all so much for your texts. Same time next week, Ludmilla will be in from 5 o'clock on a, what do we have, Monday afternoon, isn't Mm -hmm. it? So, from 5 next week on Monday afternoon, please get your texts in super early. 4001, Ludmilla Yamalava is the managing partner at HPL Yamalava and Plethka Legal Consultants. Nice to see you in again. Thank you so much. Thank you.